I came in like the middle of the Rajay at bat and I couldn't watch anymore. And I look around and Willie's got all the stuff up. 2016 World Series champs. Oh, it's man, yeah. so I, and I, I walk in, I just stop my look. I'm like, this ain't good. As soon as I look down, you hear it just whack. And before the ball was even out, I was yelling at Willie. I'm like, get this shit down. <laughs> Yo, yo, what up, everybody? We are back. A brand new episode of The Shift here on R2C2, our partnership with the MLB Players Association, where some of the best players and biggest personalities in baseball joined CC and me for honest, unfiltered conversations. We have loved the feedback from you guys over the last couple of weeks with our conversation with Trevor Bauer and Sonny Gray as well as our conversation with Tim Anderson. And a reminder, if you missed any of those episodes or any R2C2 episode we've ever done or any episode of The Shift we've ever done, you can always go back and listen. So make sure you're subscribed, you're downloading, you're rating, you're reviewing. That stuff makes a huge difference for us, guys. When you tell people to download it, when you spread the word, it makes a huge difference for the pod, and we so, so appreciate it. So thank you. I know just being in Tampa... Uh, over the last uh, week, you know, just talking to so many people, I so appreciate the way you guys consume the pod, and, and we just love uh, getting to have a platform where these awesome personalities really uh, show their true colors and allow you to see them uh, as they really are. Um, so with that in mind, today we have John Lester on the show, um, and John is, you like CC, you know, an accomplished veteran who has the credentials to feel totally comfortably speaking his mind, tell great stories, uh, bring some edge, and also bring uh, some fantastic perspective, I think, um, just about the league, his journey. Uh, He really is, I mean, he was an interesting, interesting guy and a cool guy to be around and to listen to. I think you guys are really going to get a kick out of this, plus just the, the synergy between he and CeCe as two accomplished lefties who've done incredible things throughout their careers. So I think you guys are going to love this. Um, and, uh, and, you know, obviously it's a weird time right now. We know that. Uh, stay safe. Wash those hands. And, uh, and you know what? When you come here, you need a little break maybe from, uh, you know, all the heavy stuff that we're all dealing with right now. Hopefully you get that uh, for 35, 45 minutes uh, with the shift and R2C2. So here's our conversation with John Lester. The shift. John, we just get right into it, man. Let's go. That's it. That's it. It's, I love it. We just, we just dive right in. We put the intro on later, man. So we just get right into the content. Man, can you believe, like, I feel, it doesn't seem like just yesterday, like, John was like the young Red Sox prospect. Now you're at the end of this journey with the Cubs. Maybe not the end, but, you know, I mean, six years. Yeah. Is it is it crazy being back in spring, like, having gone through all of this? Does it feel weird to be at this point of the journey? For sure. I mean, now, like, Zoe's gone. We got a bunch of older guys that have 
left now or retired or whatever. And now I'm like the oldest guy in camp. And it's like, <laughs> I'm like, this ain't it. I don't love this. It happens uh, overnight though, right? right? Like you go from like the young guy and then, and then you're in the middle mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden one guy leaves and then you're the oldest guy. Exactly. There. <laughs> I mean, it was nice. Like I had, I had Rossi, Lack, and then Zoe. And then now it's like, damn, okay, I'm the oldest, you know, it's, but it's cool, man. Like, I feel like I've kind of morphed into, you know, that guy now, you know? So it's, it's been, it's been cool to be a part of. For you sure. know what that's like. I do. It's funny just because I like watched myself turn into Andy Pettit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that old guy that everybody comes to for like everything. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an honor, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to play this long and obviously to be a leader and, and, and have people respect you like that. I mean, it's, it feels great for well, sure. Do you actually like, John, when you're at this point and you know, okay, you know, you, you've done a lot of things in this game. We know you have, you know, three World Series championships. You've been an all-star five times, I believe. I mean... So there's cachet there. Do you then like recognize I have to be the one who kind of takes these guys aside, not just because of age, but because I've seen things in this game. I have to have these conversations. I have to initiate with these young guys. Do you feel that kind of weight or responsibility? Um, more so with the pitchers. You know, I don't know how you, how it was with you. And like, I, I kind of try to stay with, with my guys, you know, like those are those four other guys to me are, are gold. And mm-hmm. then, then you got the bullpen guys, but you know, I got a few of the position players, but I try not to step across that line of, hey, man, these guys are doing something really hard. They play every single day, and to watch them grind and do that sort of thing. Um, so I try to pick my spots, and I try to do it to the guys that I know can handle it if I do get onto them a little hard. Like Riz is my guy, and he's kind of the, I guess, the captain of the team, more or less. You know, mm-hmm. So if something's going on, you make a point to go after Riz and everybody else is kind of like, Oh, okay. Like mm. let's get our, let's get our shit together. You yeah. know? So, um, you know, I think as a pitcher, you walk that line of, okay, I've, I've earned some things, but at the same time, I have to respect still what, what these guys do by playing every day. How did that feel? Dropping your first curse on R2C? <laughs> <laughs> felt pretty good, right? It felt all right. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've been known to do it in Chicago a few times, so <laughs> it's usually after some bad starts. But. Yeah, exactly. No, you know, see, did you? I, I don't know if I ever asked it. Did you interact like at all in that role with position players as well? No, I went. I was the same way. Like I would always go to Guardy. Like if, okay. I, if something I didn't like or. I seen something or even if, if I had to, cause me and Guardy have a great relationship. Even if I was messing around and I'd be like, yo Guardy, what the fuck? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like everybody else would, would kind of feel that I'm not really talking to him. I'm talking to y'all. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, but as a pitcher, that's why I always say it's hard for pitchers to be managers. Mm. We don't know what it's like to play every day. Like that's hard. You know what I'm saying? Like for us, that's a blessing. We, get, we go out there every once every four, fourth or fifth day and and crush Netflix the other day <laughs> exactly so it's hard you know to get prepared to play a baseball game every day and we know we don't know what that's like so it's hard to get on somebody when when you don't when you don't understand what's going on you know this is like a cliche thing but just you saying that kind of reminds me of you know we always say like or we hear starting pitchers just kind of refer to like oh those four days in between after you have a bad start are just brutal mm-hmm. but like john how awful is it like miserable you, is it really yeah uh, how, how do you like kind of get through that what, what how do you mentally deal with those four days for me i'm i'm so routine oriented that like i just dive into that even more you know like the day one just gets longer you know it's like instead of two or three steps you're doing three or four sets you know like you're yeah. just trying to pass time <laughs> to, to get to that to get to seven o'clock oh. and it's like okay i can just sit here and marinate it in some more and then the next day same thing so especially man like 
a bad, bad one, you know, like yeah. two, in, two, three innings and you just get, and like the bullpen guys who I can't even look them in the eye. I'm like, <laughs> sorry, sorry, you had to wear those three innings there, you know, like, I, I mean, I, here as I got, I've gotten older and I had one, was it last year, year before, I think I went like two innings and it was, you know, the kid that got called up, mm-hmm. he wore it. He threw like oh, four yeah. innings in you know, one of those deals. I, I forgot what I got. I had my wife called somebody and get like what he likes, like whiskey or wine or something like that. So I got him a nice bottle of that. Like, Hey dude. Cause he went as soon as the game's out. It was right like, back. nice job. You're you going already know. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I owe this kid something. Cause otherwise if I go normal start, he's still with us for a couple more days, but we needed that extra arm. So I was like, damn, sorry, dude. That, that, that's always the hardest. I always would always tell myself like, just try to kick myself in the butt. Like, don't like think about it. Like you're going to drive yourself nuts. Like, just when it gets closer to the next start, then you can start worrying about it. But like those first two days after a horrible start, I would like literally make myself not think about the game. Yeah. Just because you would go, I would go insane, man. And you watched enough shows that you could do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Isolate yourself with Narcos or whatever, Blind whatever or was whatever on. it is. Yeah. But is that common? Like to, if you have a star like that where you burn out the bullpen, like where you do some, especially for a young guy, you do something nice for them? Is no, that? No, that's not really common. I just, okay. I, I felt, just so felt so bad. bad. I was about to say, this is yeah. one of the best teammates I ever heard because I ain't never did that. <laughs> I said it, it was like it was like me walking out for seven o'clock and he's walking in and then walking in and he's back on the you know the plane to to triple a so it was just it was one of those kind of special circumstances yeah, i yeah. just was like dude i i'm sorry i gotta take care of you on something no. <laughs> i love that take a quick break to talk about Omax. Now, many of our listeners probably have some type of pain that has prevented them from relaxing and sleeping or stopped them from exercising. See, we know you have had plenty of pain from exercising throughout your life. Yes. And you want to deal with that, right? If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFree CBD Roll-On developed by Omax Health. Dude, the roll-on makes it, oh, it's just so convenient, so easy to apply. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, for my knees, my back, everything, it shoulder. W- yes, it just works. It's specifically formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. The best part, it's 100% natural. CBD Power Remedy works its magic within 10 minutes of application, and relief lasts up to eight hours. When I get done with my push-ups, man, you know, when I get done with my workouts, that's what I go to. I go to my CBD. Actually, you know what I've been doing, though? Before I even work out, like my lower back always like kind of acts up on me. I put it on, and then it feels good. It, it really works. Simply roll it on where it hurts and ice out the pain. Omax Health is offering our listeners 20% off a full bottle of cryo-free CBD pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. This discount also applies towards any product site-wide. Just go to omaxhealth.com today and enter code R2C2. That's that's omaxhealth.com and enter the code R2C2 to get 20% off cryofreeze and site wide. All right, CC, fill in the blank. By the time they turn 35, two out of three men will experience what? Hair loss. Yeah, boom. They will experience male pattern baldness. What age was that? By 35. Man, mine was way before that. Me too, man. I remember I saw my my first, like, you know, bald spot at 21. 
Damn, boy, when it wasn't that early. But it was was way before 35. The good news, with today's advancements in science, Keeps offers proven treatments that can combat the symptoms of hair loss. Keeps has revolutionized the way men are treated for hair loss. You used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Easy for me to say. Now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get medication delivered to your home. No more waiting rooms, no more pharmacy checkout lines. Like, that's really convenient. That's huge, yeah. That's the way you want it done. Keeps treatments really work. They're up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. So act fast. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors, and nearly 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medications. a lot of people using this. I know. I wish I would have had this one when I was losing my hair. Yeah, when you first saw it happening. Right? I know. Well, now you can help others. Pay it forward, you know? Keeps treatment start at just $10 a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash R2C2 to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash R2C2. The Shift. How about, you know, John, you you have talked about diminished velocity over the last, you know, couple of years. And that's something you dealt with, see, like what did you go through any period of time where you were like denying it, denying it, denying it, and like, oh, now I realize I have to pitch a different way? Like, has there been any lag time or is there did you kind of know right away, hey, I'm gonna have to do things a little differently if I'm gonna get people out? Yeah, oh, I mean, it's easy. I mean, you just turn around and see it on the scoreboard. Yeah, it's I everywhere. Mean, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, the the 93s started clicking down, you know, quickly. Um, it's just something I, I, like I've seen other guys like I've, I've obviously competed against him for a long time. And then guys like Beckett Schill at early age where I saw them convert to this different pitcher. Mm. Um, so like I, I saw it early and I knew it was coming. It's just a matter of, OK, now how do I I think there's a fine line of how you convert, but also still being hard-headed enough to go, okay, this is my strength. Mm. You know, me and you, you threw gas gas back in the day, and it was, <laughs> I'm coming middle in, I don't care who you are, and then I'm throwing my slider off that. Mm-hmm. I think there's, I don't care if it's 90, 91, there's still that mentality of I'm CC or I'm me, I'm coming at you. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm going to put you on your heels, you're not going to dictate what I'm doing. And I think I got away from that, and now I'm trying to get back into that. A little more tempo little more kind of I'm putting you on your heels if I give up a solo homer early hopefully my guys score too you know like that's kind of what I'm looking at is I'm coming after you to where you come back to the dugout and go okay he's coming in like now if I can get that hip just to go a little bit now I can go back away a little bit more you know instead of just going away 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 now I'm ball three I got to try to come in and now mm-hmm. I'm walking a guy now it's a homer now it's two or three run homer so Especially with the balls. Hopefully the balls are back to somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> the balls are back in the playoffs, though. So hopefully oh, they keep yeah, those yeah, balls yeah, back. Yeah. Oh, my god! But I, I think for him, like, he, he can pitch. Yeah. Like, for me, it was harder because I just threw hard. You know what I'm saying? So I think, like, him having a pitcher's mentality, it, it's, it's easier for him to make that transition. And, you know, throwing the backdoor cutter and doing all those things, something that I had, it was foreign <laughs> to me. You know, and when he was even throwing hard, he was doing those things. So I think that makes it, you know, easier for, for him to – kind of make that transition. And I think the biggest thing you lose is your mentality, mm-hmm. is that you're not yourself. But but the hitters, they know what you've done. And, and no matter what, how hard you're throwing, it's still John Lester on the mound. 
they're still scared. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, there's there's yeah. still some intimidation factor, and I think you have to find that again. That's interesting, though, because I could see if you're all of a sudden so aware of, like, changing your stuff, does it change your aggression? Mm-hmm. Kind of like what you're saying. Like, all of a sudden, because you're not maybe throwing necessarily as hard, you're not you, – you're, you're now on your heels instead of them being on their heels. So I guess that, that takes just some mental work in the offseason then going well, into this year? I think that and just – you when you start nibbling, you start getting mechanical, okay. you know, and it's it's more of like okay, I'm going to step here, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to place a ball there, I'm going to throw a little sinker down the way and do this, as opposed to just being aggressive. I think you get away with more when you're aggressive and you have good tempo and you're not mechanical and worried about things. So that's just something that we talked about at the end of the year last year, and I, I had a couple starts with that where I felt better. The results were were better, you know, yeah. compared to how I threw last year. So, so far this year, but you can feel better about yeah, it exactly though, because you feel like more like yourself than you like trying to nibble and do different things. Where you like, if yeah. I could just be myself, like yeah. maybe I have a different result. You know, and, what I'm and it's not necessarily like I have to be hard headed in the fact of going in. It's just the aggression part of it is I'm coming at you more so than. You can still throw the same pitches. It's just that aggressiveness, you know, that assertiveness going down the mound. Yeah. When you, when you start nibbling, they know. I mean, they know. They can sense that you're not feeling it, and you're just doing this and this, and then they just wait you out. And then yeah. You're looking at four innings of, you know, 80, 90 pitches, and you're out of the game. I mean, what's it like? You went through this too, C, and, <clears throat> I, and John, you went through it a little last year. Like, when you, you're at the top of the game, you know, and you're so consistent year in and year out, and then you have a, a year where you struggle. Like, how, how did you, I guess maybe your fifth year with the Yankees was kind of that time for you? Like, how, I mean, how, how jolting is that when you're you're not used to that, you know? Yeah, I mean, no, that's tough. And, and like I, I was just thinking, it took me a couple of years to get to back to being myself, like yeah. back to the aggression. Like, even though I'm throwing a cutter 89 miles an hour, I'm throwing it like I'm throwing 97. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have the same conviction. I had the same feeling. I still got the same fuck you on the map. You know what I'm saying? Like, it took me, I, I, I think I feel like I transitioned in 2015 and not until the beginning of 17 did I feel like, okay, I'm back out here now. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it, it was rough and and you're just trying to figure stuff out and I would go games where I would throw my cutter for three innings and I'd be going good and I'm like, nah, let me go back to my four-seamer. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> and then the seven runs and then one inning, I'm like, what just happened? You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's it, it, I was stubborn too. So you know, it took me a longer time because I was so stubborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John, how about you? Like, does it is it like? I mean, you've been so good for so long. Does it? I mean, when you have a year where you struggle, is it kind of like a hey? I mean, it's bound to happen. This is baseball. Failure is is intermittent failure. At least is part of this ridiculously difficult game. Or is it? Does it actually like jolt you a little bit more than that? I think it jolts you. I mean, I think, especially when you're younger, it jolts you because it's like, whoa, what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then when you get older, I don't want to say like you, like last year sucked. I don't want to say like, okay, it can happen. Yeah, You know, because I think that's giving in to getting older. I think there's some things within that season that I could have corrected earlier to maybe have a little bit better season. And and we didn't do that. And I got away from, from myself and the coaches and, um, all that. So I, I feel like, you know, it's kind of that motivator, you yeah. know, like I'd, I'd like to think that I motivate myself. I don't want external things to motivate me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's a definite shot in the jaw when you, you don't have a good year, you know, you feel like you let your teammates down and, um, you know, maybe I could have pitched better in a four or five game stretch to maybe get us into the postseason. you know, who knows? Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you kind of think about it a little bit, but 
know, then you go into the off season, you just try to regroup, you know, come back and do it again. You know, I feel like your 2016 title, that was like one of those cases where everybody's rooting for the same thing, right? Like everybody wanted to see the Cubs finally get their championship. <clears throat> when you think back on it now, is there a particular story or, or moment or memory that still like shines brightest from that run and from being able to achieve that? I think, man, 16 reminded me a lot of thir like just the guys in 13. Like we had guys mm -hmm. in 13 that – First day of camp, walked in and goes, guys, pick out your duck boat because we're going to win this year. Like, it was just the mentality from day one. You know, it was just one day after another, people talked about it. And Johnny Gomes said one day, he goes, you can't do something if you don't talk about it. So, like, mm. it, that was just like a theme that year. In 16, it was that way. Like, I felt guys, like, guys would just talk about it. They'd be like, hey, they'd ask Rossi, they'd ask me, or they'd ask Lack, like, uh, Zoe, like, what what's it like to win a World Series? And, you know, you you would see their eyes get bright and then they started talking about it. Mm -hmm. And so when that, like the season to me was a blur. And then when we got to the postseason, it's like, you can remember every single game and like what happened. And they just kept talking about it more. And they're like, Hey guys, we're this many wins away. There were this many wins away. But then they also had the same of, okay, we talked about this many wins away, but tonight we're going to win this game. You know, it was like kind of, it was cool. Like it's guys just, it was almost just one of those deals where, Guys just knew this was going to happen and nobody was going to get in our way. Yeah. You know, what about like the, the rain delay in game seven? Like yeah. right at the end of the game, because I was like, what? The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was into the game yeah. and it was like a rain delay. I couldn't Bro. imagine. I came in. I could not imagine being in a rain delay during game seven. Like, it was actually at the good. end of the game. It was good, though. It was so good for us because, bro, I came in after I pitched and I came in like the middle of the Rajay at bat and I couldn't watch anymore. I'm like going nuts. So I was screwed. I came inside and I look around and Willie's got all the stuff up. 2016 World Series champ. Oh, oh no. yeah. And I, I walk in, I just stop my look. I'm like, this ain't good. Yeah. And I just sat down. I'm like, I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm take one shoe off, put it off to the side. I'm looking to take another shoe. I mean, as soon as I look down, you hear it just whack. And before the ball was even out, I was yelling at Willie. I'm like, get this shit down immediately. <laughs> I, threw, I threw my shoe across the room. Like, like a little tip, like temper tamper. And so, like, that happened. But then now, you know how it's been. Like, when you're done pitching, you're like, uh, what do I do? I don't know what to yeah, do. Yeah, it's I, so nerve-wracking. So the I would playoffs go, are more nerve-wracking when you're not pitching mm -hmm. than, than when you're out there. When you're out there, it's like, okay, I actually have control of what's going on, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And then when you're done, it's like, we're really bringing this guy in when he's been like your stud all year. Like we're bringing this guy in and Borzi, our guy where he's like, Oh, we got this. We got this. I'm like, okay. Okay. And I was just pacing and then he'd throw a bad pitch and I'd go down in the tunnel and come back up. And just, <laughs> like we get it out or whatever. And then finally, like it was so fast from the time Rajay hit, hit that home run to the rain delay that I couldn't tell you what happened in that time. You know, I do remember watching it again that the biggest thing was, Chap came out and threw the next inning. Was yes. Good. Like, people forget that. Yeah. Like, he got – that's a significant blow, and that joker ran back out there and got three more outs for us. Yeah. yeah. So that was huge. And then we have this rain delay, and everybody comes in, and you could just see, like, the players needed a minute. Just get away. We went into the weight room down there, and Jay Hay spoke, which he didn't really talk that much that year. You know, he was still trying to find his place a little bit. And when he spoke, it was kind of like, oh, everybody just stopped and listened. And then – Schwarber stood up and he was leading off the inning. He goes, I'm going to get a hit. Y'all drive me in. Sure as shit. He hits a ball to right field, knock, gets on first. We pinch run for him. And then, you know, we ended up scoring a couple runs. So 
but yeah, we needed that. You know, that's that, crazy. That, that extra, oh, that's a great that story, extra man. in the corner with a drink of water. You know, <laughs> sit, <laughs> sit down, control ourselves. Uh, I'll be going nuts. What um do you do you remember the content of what Jason Hayward said when he brought you guys together there uh, before the start of extra innings? Not really. I mean, it was more or less like, "Hey guys, this sucks. Like that sucks, but it's still ours. Like it's yeah. ours to take right now. Like we're le- we're coming up this inning. We got this is a new game. I think it was the tenth or the eleventh." can't remember but um it was like this is it this is our inning we're gonna do this and then you know Schwartz stood up and said that and then it was kind of like all right we got this you know that's crazy that was a classic world series oh and it was a good series for me like as a fan I hadn't watched the world series in a long time but like it was you and Dex and you know Rizzo and Rossi but then on the other side it was like Cleveland for me you know what I'm saying I know how much it means to that city so like I actually watched the World Series for the first time in a long time that year. That was that was cool. Oh, that was such a great series. It was amazing. I, I mean, how about like, you know, for, for stories that can be shared on air, John, mm-hmm. like after you guys win, what what were some of the like funnier things or more interesting happenings either that you saw in the city or amongst the celebrations with you guys? Because, I mean, winning a championship, I'm sure, always has those elements. But this was a different championship. Yeah. You know, this was next level. For me, like the the when we – one, we had another rainstorm come in. So like we didn't have a place to get away from anybody. We were, everybody was in the clubhouse. After 108 years, there's 108,000 reporters that want to be in there to, to capture <laughs> every little moment. So, you know, you're trying to just grab a beer and you can't get a beer, you can't get champagne or whatever. So that was kind of crazy. Like I didn't love that part about it, but getting home on no sleep, you know, it just, flying in and then doing the parade and the parade lasted forever with millions of people, man. Like that's the part that I remember more than really anything. Like just from the start to the end, it was just deafening the entire time. (laughs) You know, like it was cool. It was, it was awesome. You always say about like the parade, man, just trying to, you're chasing that, chasing the parade after you experience it. That's all you want. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, it's a unique, I mean, it's it's interesting to see, like, you know the effect you have on fans, right? But, like, that's the one time where you see that many in one place, right? Because otherwise, yeah, you've seen a full sold-out stadium, but that's whatever it is, mm-hmm. 50,000 people, right? Like, or if you're at Wrigley, it's, what, 35 yeah. or whatever it is. You know, when you see that many million people, you're like, yo, this means a lot to a lot of people. It's, it's got to be a crazy feeling because you know it, but to see it has to be a little... Right, and you've won in like some iconic places too. Yeah, Boston man. and Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like those, are, those are forever. Out. Yeah, like people forget about like no, no disrespect, but 2005 White Sox. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yo, pretty <laughs> much erased that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, those White Sox fans don't do that. They waited a long ass time too. Tim Anderson's coming in here a little bit. He has something to say about that. But it's true. I mean, you really, it's, you're yeah. part of those, some cities that like, I mean, now is it true though, the whole like, oh, you never have to buy a meal or drink in this city again. I mean, is it true? Are no, you I mean, you still got to pay for some stuff. That first off season, though, you don't pay for shit. Yeah, no, no, that no, first one, no. is everybody's wanna, everybody want to party. And you don't sleep that whole off season. <laughs> oh, God, no. right? That's that's always interesting seeing like the post, uh, even like Andy Reid after the Super Bowl is like, yeah, I haven't slept in three. Nah, days. you know what it was? It wasn't. It, I was fine until opening day the next year. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, it's baseball season again. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want me to do this all over again? Like, <laughs> I'm still partying from 09. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> exactly. That's hard. I mean, that's a hard way to do it, John. When you think about your career, and like sometimes we like to get into stuff, and 
like, is there a particular coach um, or someone who gave you guidance, like from a young age or at some transitional point in your career and formative years where you say, wow, if like I hadn't learned that lesson, if they hadn't taught me that, I didn't have their guidance, I would have never gotten to this point. Yeah. Uh, I got two coaches, uh, Tito yeah. and then John Farrell. Um, you know, my, my, I got called up in 06 and Al Nipper, who I had as my A-ball coach, was my pitching coach that year. And that was, I think that helped me just with the transition of going from the minor leagues to the big leagues. Like I had a friendly face, you know, like I had somebody I could go to. Um, but Tito, for sure, with everything I went through with, with cancer and all that, like he, he made sure that the media didn't bother me or my family. Like he, he took us under his wing and, and really, whether I liked it or not, you know, especially when I got back to spring training, I wanted to be treated normal. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't do that, you know, like, hey, we're going to do this and whatever. But, yeah, I think those two guys for sure. John Farrell really implemented my routine to me, um, which was, you know, an extension of like Beckett. You know, I, I've, Tito grabbed me one of the first days that, that we had him and said, you're going to follow him around and you're going to do what he does. And that's kind of how my whole routine started with with that and in 06 and 07. And then, you know, just talking every day with John Farrell about stuff just really helped me, I think, mature faster. Mm. You know, when I got there, like I, I knew. And I think, you know, you've seen young guys come up in New York, like either you're ready or you're not. Mm-hmm. And they'll eat you up and spit you out in a hurry if you're not. And I think that's another, you know, if you want to add a third thing to that, that's the, you know, I knew I had to either shit or get off the pot, you know, for yeah. lack of a better term. Like either I, I perform or I'm gone. And I wanted to stay there, so I I tried to do what I could. Did you have Pharaoh as a pitching coach and, pitching and a manager? And a manager. And yeah, a manager. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The manager part was a little different for me, just because we didn't get to communicate as much as we did as, as a pitching coach. Um, every bullpen, we'd sit out there for thirty minutes and talk about the last start, the next start, uh, what I'm doing in between, this, that, and the other. So when he became a manager, you know, you don't have time for that, yeah. you know. And I was different point in my career, so. Um, but yeah, the, the, those two guys for sure were, were were my guys. John, when you go through beating cancer to winning a World Series, you know we hear a lot of times when people go through health things or loss. You know they'll say like it really it changed my perspective. You know it made me whatever smell the roses more, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Was there any sort of like tangible change for you after getting through that to your daily perspective or how you go through a season? I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think everybody always says, like, yeah, it changes your, like you said, your perspective on things. I think for me, it made me pay attention to my routine even more. Like, okay, I don't want to screw this up now. Like, I've been given a second chance, and I want to make sure that I'm going to do, if it doesn't work out, I've put everything I can into it. Mm -hmm. And if if I can walk away and go, hey, it just didn't work out, that's fine. And then, you know, ended up, because I think of that, I think it put me in that, okay, I've got to do this to prepare for this day. And I just try to take one day at a time, you know, and, and plug along. And I think anytime I get into like these ruts, I just dive back into that, you know, and I, that just, that really helps me. Yeah. You know, you're talking about your different coaches and managers. You don't go. No, no, no. Oh, no okay. Yeah. All right. We'll just, you know, <laughs> just go shoulder to shoulder. Here. Um, you, you're talking about your different coaches and managers. You both have ex- experienced uh, now what you're experiencing or you're about to, which is having a teammate become <laughs> yeah, your manager. About that. Yeah, and I mean, it is particularly unique. Now, C had a really good relationship with Aaron Boone, was a friend playing with him in Cleveland. And you obviously, I mean, David Ross is your guy behind the plate, and now he's going to be your manager. 
see any um any advice for John on, on how this? No, nah, I mean it's just gonna be fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like your boy's your manager. Yeah. Like it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think. I think. Um, obviously, players are gonna look to you to ask questions of how he is or different things like that. But it's gonna be great, man. I'm, I, you got to be excited, I'm right? Excited. Is he excited? I, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, the thing I love is just what people don't or didn't see with him as a catcher is just how much energy he brought to the day he caught. You know, and and I got to experience that every five days, and I think that made me better, and I think it's going to make our team better. Just because every day he walks, he walks into a room, and you know he's there. Mm. There's no getting around it. You know, he's going to make himself known whether he's working for ESPN or he's the backup catcher, or he's your manager. It don't matter. He's walking in that door, and Rossi's here. You know, you, yeah. you know. So, like today, the last two days, he's been sick. He's been he's been out with the flu. And I said, perfect, man. You're coming back for, for the biggest day of the year tomorrow when I'm pitching. He, goes, <laughs> <laughs> he said he was going to tell the media that he, he only has to show up every five days when I pitch. <laughs> that was part, of the, part of the contract. So. But yeah, man, it's cool. Like, it's your, it's your buddy. But I, I mean, at the same time, I mean, he's already broke that. He's already gone on to me about something, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, he gets But he on can to get on to you, yeah. and it's not personal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the boonie would always get on me about shit. Like, yeah. what are you doing? This, that. You got it. Like, so, and I never took it personal. I just, Knew I had to do better. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not coming from a bad spot. No. And was the relationship preserved through that? I think it got stronger. I think wow, me and Booney are closer now than we ever been. Wow, that's really interesting. Because, yeah. you know, you do hear sometimes, like I know, and, and they didn't necessarily have the same relationships that you have with David or that you had with Aaron. But, like, you would hear, like, it was odd for, let's say, the core four guys to be managed by Joe Girardi after well, they won championships. That was a different situation. Yes, I agree. And, and, and you know, and they weren't necessarily all, you know, best friends. I'm not saying they had a bad relationship. That's not what I'm implying. But it's a little different than maybe the connections you already had. But you don't know. Sometimes if somebody transitions to a different role, what that would be. So that's actually... Actually, I don't know. It makes my heart happy to hear that. <laughs> that you and Booney are in a better place than ever before. Yeah, and I think these two will too, just because of their relationship. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's only going to get stronger, and he's going to lean on you for a lot, a lot. And you that know. was the cool part for me this off season is we probably taught more than we ever had in any other off season because mm. you know I'd had questions for him like, hey, what are you going to do? Hey, in spring training, can we leave early? You know, do we, <laughs> you know, we gotta stay in those five innings. You know, what I mean? what you you know? Like, hey, what's our dress code on the road? Like, what, yeah. what are we doing? So, see that type of stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, and he'd, sure. he'd ask me, "Well, what do you want? Like, do you want to stay for those five innings?" I'm like, "Well, I think there should be like a tier system where if it's one of your dudes, yeah. you need to come watch a couple innings and then you can bounce. Or, you know, if you've got you've got your nine guys starting, then okay, like I'll be there. You tell me when to leave then. But, you know, he he." He's been good with it, man. Like it's, it's been awesome to listen to him and just his his truthfulness. You know, I mean, yeah. I know that when he speaks to guys, it's it's all truth. There's no BS. Like, hey, this is what we expect of you, and this is what we want you to do, and it's up to you to go do it. And if you don't do it, you're not going to make the team. And at least guys know where they're at. You yeah. Know? So there's no gray area, which I think even as you get older and you have a resume or or you're that middle tier guy, or you're beginning guy. You need to have something a path to follow you yeah. know like, that's all players want that's all it's just want. an honest plat path if i do this then i'll make the team if i don't then i won't yeah and most of the time that never happens mm -hmm. yeah this week's episode is sponsored by mac weldon 
Mack Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants, and more that you will ever wear. They believe in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. Not only does Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well too. It's good for working out in, going to work, going on dates, just everyday life. I have to say, I absolutely love these products. Already, their underwear is uh, the favorite product that I have for my fiance. I mean, she absolutely loves them, absolutely adores them. It's just like, I I can't even describe it perfectly other than to say the fit, the comfort, the material. It's like the perfect combination. And their t-shirts are the same way. It's just, it's a great product. I'm telling you, that's what Mack Weldon brings to the table. And they do value loyal customers. That's why they've created Weldon Blue Loyalty Program. Here's how it works. Create an account, it's totally free, then place an order for any amount, and never pay for shipping again. Once you purchase $200 worth of products from Mack Weldon, not only will you continue to receive free shipping, but you will also start saving 20% on every order you make for the next year. This grants you access to new products before they are released to anyone else, as well as gifts added to future orders. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter the promo code R2C2. That's 20% off your first order at MacWeldon.com, promo code R2C2. I guarantee you, you are gonna love their product. It is amazing. If you're listening to this show, you're probably a sports fan, and any smart, engaged sports fan should check out our sponsor, The Athletic. See, you're a big fan of The Athletic. Yeah, I love The Athletic. You have the app and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's very impressive. So The Athletic is a subscription-based sports news site for real fans, in-depth coverage, and exclusive stories from an all-star team of sports writers, including national writers like Ken Rosenthal, Jason Stark, and Peter Gammons. The Athletic is setting a new standard for sports news. You know what else I like? They invested in like their writers, their product, and and it's clear that people love the product because the subscribers keep coming. I love I, that. I love the fact that they have writers in every clubhouse. That's something that, I mean, you can't write an article about a team if, if you're not with them yeah. and you don't know the players. So The Athletic does a great job of that. And they, you can customize your app or, or the website based on what city you're in and mm-hmm. what teams you like to follow, to your point, with those writers who are actually in the locker room or clubhouse. It's awesome. You get full access to all sports teams, cities, and writers, and you can customize and choose the content you care about. The Athletic is the one-stop shop for passionate sports fans. No ads, pop-ups, or clickbait, just great content. I, I love that part of it, too, that you don't have to work through any ads. Mm-hmm. That's great. We've talked about it before on this show. We both love the Athletic. Just download the Athletic app, pick your favorite teams, and the Athletic will begin surfacing all the latest on the players and storylines that matter to you. Ready to get started? For 40% off a yearly subscription to The Athletic. It's pretty good. That's like yeah. that's a chunky discount that's right there. That's a big there. discount right there. Go to theathletic.com slash R2C2. That's all lowercase. That's theathletic.com slash R2C2, all lowercase, for 40% off now. The shift. John, recently, um, you know, you you had some strong comments about uh, how the commissioner referred to the World Series trophy, the commissioner's trophy. And, you know, 
what's been interesting to observe with this Astro stuff, and we were talking about this a little bit just earlier today, like I don't know that I've ever seen players be this vocal about, I mean, in your case, that was about the commissioner, but mm. about other players a, as well. What do you think it is about the Astros issue that has sort of almost like freed the voice of baseball players, it feels like? I think for me, it's just kind of the lack of sincerity. You know, like we've all been a part of teams where stuff has happened and you have to issue a statement. Yeah. That was just too much of a statement. You know, like if you just stood up on the podium and said, I'm sorry, we screwed up, you know, and just been a little bit more. Contrite? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. It just didn't, I don't think it sat well with players. Yeah. You know, I think guys could have pushed it aside if they were respectful about it. It just didn't seem, it almost seemed like we got caught, but we're going to still do it. They almost went on the offensive. Yeah. Like, what? No, you fucking cheated in the one World Series. Like, this has never happened before. Like, <laughs> you cannot be mad at us yeah. for being mad at you guys. Like, right. that just makes no sense. And it's crazy. I, I think there's still a lot of gray area, you know? Like, yeah. there's still answers that, that haven't been answered, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, the, we've talked about it in the clubhouse and stuff. Like, okay, if you, if you took technology to that level, like, it was bound to happen with somebody. Yeah. If you're allowed technology, you're going to see how far it can take you. I don't think people are mad about that. I think we're mad that, and I don't want to speak for everybody, but there's still this out in the open. Did you guys have buzzers? Did you mm. not? Like, they don't, and they won't answer. Yeah, and you see, know what I'm saying. And, and the commissioner won't answer. Yeah, it. nobody see, will answer. Where, they don't care. Like, do, do you guys have a hunt? Do you think they did? I have no idea. Yeah, you know, like but, I mean, just, I think I think anything that you dive deep is conspiracy theory. You know, anything right, you right. dive deep enough into, you can look at and go, "Oh, you see this?" Yes. You know, like yes. The Altuve thing with don't rip my jersey. Like, yeah, I mean, could he have had a bad tattoo? I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but, but it's like, it's yeah, crazy. I mean, but there's, there is stuff going there that makes them look guilty. I don't yeah. know. And that's right. where I'm like, I'm to the point, and that's why I tried to do in spring training, is be like, listen, guys, like, I got my ass kicked there last year. It's not going to get my seven runs and four innings back. Like, yeah. I can't, did they hit trash cans? I don't know. But you can't get anything back. Would it be nice for the Dodgers to have that World Series trophy? Yeah, yeah for sure. But, but they, I, would, I don't even think they would want it. And and they, I, I, for me, I don't think anybody wants the trophy. I just don't want them to fucking have it. <laughs> because they don't care that they cheated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I just don't want them to have it. I, so I, it is what it is. I think, too, what really rubs people the wrong way is the owner comes out and says that he doesn't feel it affected games. Yeah. Like that's the other part. Now right. you got yeah. now you got the scripted apologies, and then, then you got them come on the offensive about things. It's just... There's some things that are happening that just doesn't seem like they care. Yeah. Right. And they're an incredibly cocky group, too. And that does not help. You know, I mean, they, they and they've carried themselves that way always. And they're talented. But yeah, when you very when you, talented. But when you know they cheated, it makes that cockiness feel a little different. You know, yeah, it's, like, it's just a, it's a weird time for baseball, to be honest. I mean, it's, stuff always happens in the game. Like you said, like shit happens. Like you take technology, put it in the game. Somebody's going to go too far. Mm -hmm. But. This one just seems, I don't know. Maybe because I was involved. Like, I feel like I was involved. Yeah, because of 2017. Yeah, so maybe, it, yeah. maybe you know, it's just a little harder for me to, to get over then. But, but to your point, too, and, and yours as well about, like, the apology, it's like, if you go up there and you say, hey, honestly, like, we we all had access to this technology and all of a sudden, you know, we're trying to push the boundaries, push the boundaries, and we pushed it too far. And once we started, we, like, we couldn't pull ourselves out and we shouldn't, we shouldn't have done that. Like mm -hmm. that clearly was wrong. And now forever in our minds, when we think about our championship, we're going to wonder 
what would have happened if we didn't have this. Then you'd be like, okay. I don't think they need to say that. I think like to along with the same lines what you said is, hey, listen, we had this technology in front of us. We we wanted to see how far we could take it. Yeah. And we took it. We took it too far. Sorry. Yeah. You know, right. just something. Just not send up there and read off the teleprompter. <laughs> you know, the PR guy wrote for it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's do you, John? Do you think? And you, and you know, you'll have a ball in your hand this year. I don't know. Do you guys play Houston? No. Okay. So it won't actually happen for you. Nah, unless, guys ain't gonna throw it. You don't think they'll throw it? No. I don't, I, so. I don't because the way baseball is now, I mean, that one game that you do that, you know, that one game that you take into your hands and I'm going to throw it some, I'm going to hit guys until I get thrown out. You lose that game. Now you miss the playoffs by one. Yeah. You know? Or you're suspended and or, you yeah. lose whatever and you can't go to arbitration. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just little shit. It, it, it's all going, it goes back onto the pitcher. So yeah. there's no, there's no point in taking stuff into your own hands. I got to ask you guys both played with Manny. And Cece has told some funny, just like Manny thought Cece spoke Spanish for how long? Like, yeah. yeah. He thought I spoke Spanish for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> he's, Cece's oh. not answering. He has no idea why. Oh. What, what was it like, you know, as, as you're starting your career, having Manny Ramirez in your clubhouse? Man, I'd say the only time I saw him was when he hit and played left field. Because he was in the video room the whole time, right? <laughs> he, was in, he was in the video room or he's in the training room or he's in his lot. Like, you never saw him until he played. Um, I think what people don't – I'll tell a good Manny story. Yeah, that's what we like here <laughs> at R2C. A positive Manny story. Yeah. I think what, what people didn't see is, like, how hard he worked. You know, he would come into the field at 10, get his stuff, his weightlifting and stuff like that done. He would watch every relief pitcher that was on the roster that night. And so there was no, hey, they brought in this guy and they would go to the hitting coach and he would lay out a deal in front of him. He knew what he was doing. Mm. Um, so I think people don't didn't see that, didn't understand like he actually put the time in, even though half the time he didn't know, you know, if it was a seven o'clock game or a one o'clock game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, he... It, just the way he approached the game, the way he hit. I mean, stories about him sitting on pitches and waiting three at-bats to get it. Oh, no, he did that to me. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. A lot. Well, he, he did would, it to, to Musina in, in New York one time. When, really? Yeah, well, when so I was he, young. He let, he let at-bats go by knowing I'm He let you get him out twice. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Or wow. until a bit. Like, if it's second at-bat, if there's second and third and they're down, you're down by one, he's not going to let you get him out. Like, he's going to sit on that pitch. He's going to get it. And Musina struck him out. I can't remember if it was a – Cutter or curveball or something. Curveball. Curveball. I, I never. I remember that. Yeah, struck him out on something, and then in Fenway in a big situation, struck him out looking. And we went to Yankee Stadium later that year, and he told David, he said, "I'm gonna sit on that curveball the whole the whole game." Wow. And he got it his third at bat with guys on second and third, hit a homer. Jeez. So like, he'll he'll let you punch him out twice. Yeah. You know, or, or look stupid twice, but then. That third at bat or that big situation, he'll make you pay. He did that to me with the slider. Got him out uh, with the slider, his first at bat. And then and then uh, I walked him the next time um, on a fastball. And then I came back, runners on first and second, we in Fenway, and I threw him first pitch slider. And I don't even know where that ball landed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think it's landed yet. <laughs> like, he was like... And every time I'm like, I know, I, I like, you know what he's doing, mm-hmm. but it's just hard in the middle of the game because that's your best pitch and you got to try to get him out with it, but there's no, there's no way to get him out. You know, John, one <clears> of the <throat> things uh, we, we've seen as a common theme and something C talks about a lot is like how 
like people always think like, oh, free agency is awesome, whatever. And then like you get to it and you're like, oh, this is like it's super miserable. stressful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, you signed a huge contract going, you know, well, at the time, I guess you had been traded to Oakland. So going from Oakland to to Chicago, but really, you know, from Boston to Chicago. Yeah. What was like, was it not an enjoyable process for you either? Like going through no, that? No, no. Because I'm like, like, you know, kind of the theme I've been talking like I'm so structured on what. Yeah. And that's what made it hard to, you know, Boston kind of, I don't want to say forced me, but played my hand to Chicago for me, you yeah. know, with, with some of the stuff that went on in, in free agency. And it's just like, this is like anything else, man. We're all human. So like the Dodgers come in and they're like, hey, we'll give you this. You're like, oh, man, I'm going to go to the Dodgers now. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, go do this. Go do this. Go do this for us. You know, like, and my wife's like, no, no, we're not going to LA. I'm like, okay, okay, we're back to Chicago. And she's like, yeah, we're back to Chicago. And then San Francisco come in. She's like, we're definitely not going there. So let me think about it. And I'm like, all right, all right. Like, so no, I mean, it's just like every day you're on the phone talking and you're trying to convince yourself that this is the right decision, mm. you know, especially leaving one one the one place i was at you know and i know i got traded and did going to oakland help a yeah, little bit though for sure yeah yeah those like knowing months. that you can play somewhere else yep yeah that was a big thing for me is like i don't know if i could put on another uniform mm -hmm. and then you put it on you're like oh damn it's just baseball like i still got to get the same do the same stuff and get people out so that definitely helped me um make that transition easier knowing that i could go someplace else and play and then obviously having Theo and those guys. I mean, basically the, yeah. whole, the whole front office in Chicago is the old front office I had in Boston. Wow. So that made it so much easier. What makes Theo so good at what he does? I think with I think for me, it was just the relationship that we had. You know, like I had a prior relationship. Like my first contract, me and him finished the last little nitpicky stuff in my kitchen table in spring training. You know, like that meant a lot to me that time. Mm. And then coming to this and you know, our big thing was like, we didn't want report to leak. We didn't want anything leaked, you know, and somehow their report got leaked and he called us and apologized. And, you know, it was just like, he made it real personable, you know, and he made that, you know, maybe he's just a good salesman. I don't know. But <laughs> um, I just, I, I think he, his guys, he tries to make that relationship mean something. I yeah. feel like, you know, the guys that come in and fill spots, I don't know if he does that with, but his guys, he definitely makes it a point. Yeah, and you had to be one of his guys coming from Boston too. I mean, that's kind of like my relationship with Shapiro. I wish I got a, got a chance to play with him yeah. again. You know what I'm saying? If I, if he's a free agent, if he was the GM somewhere where I want, I mean, I would have 1,000% signed up for really? that. Really? Yeah, that's for sure. interesting, man. For sure. John, thank you so much for being yeah. with us, man, here. Uh, these these are special episodes of R2C2 we do with The Shift, courtesy of the MLB uh, PA, and I know they just love getting to hear guys like you share their personalities, so thank you, man. We appreciate yeah, this. Awesome. Appreciate it, yeah. bro.